Hello everyone, Pastor Kevin here. Welcome to The Biblical Perspective, a show where we turn to the Word of God concerning the issues of life. Now, I just want to remind you, if you've been, uh, if you're watching this and you've been missing some of the content, um, remember, hit the subscribe button and the bell notification beside it below so that you'll be notified whenever we put out new content on the church's channel. Now, as promised, in this episode, we're going to talk about the biblical timeline for the end times and where we fit on that timeline. And so I hope you're excited about that. Let's uh, go over that timeline so that you can understand it before we get into the specifics of where we might be. On your screen, you're going to see a sequence of end times uh, events. And notice that that begins with uh, it's framed with the current age or the church age in the last days leading up to eternity and the new Jerusalem, which is where we're going to end Revelation chapter 20. When all of this is over, we'll see uh, the new uh, Jerusalem descend down out of heaven, our eternal home, and we will go into eternity. But between the current age that we live in and eternity, there are many things that we will see happen um, in, in the Bible outlines for us so that we can understand in times. Let me give you those really quick. The first one is that Israel is established. After 2,000 years, the nation of Israel is established. That's a very important one of which we will cover today. Also, uh, signs will increase. Birth pains, as Jesus said, the beginning of sorrows. Um, we know the Bible says that the earth groans even to now, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. That word groaning in the Greek there is birth pains as well. And so that's where we actually find ourselves on the uh, timeline, which we'll be going over in detail. Um, and then after that, there is a falling away that the Bible talks about, apostasia in the Greek. In other words, there is a time coming where many will fall away, be made to stumble. Paul talks about it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I believe that Jesus uh, mentions it in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24. So we'll go over that in detail when we get to it. And then after the falling away, the Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit will be removed. Second Thessalonians chapter two, that he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And we believe that's the Holy Spirit in the church, obviously. So that refers to the rapture of the church, the church being removed. And we know the Bible says in first Thessalonians chapter one, verse 10, that we are to be looking to heaven uh, for the Lord Jesus to come and deliver us, the word means to rescue us from the wrath that is to come. First Thessalonians chapter five, the Bible tells us clearly that we are not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. And Revelation chapter three, verse 10 says to the church of Philadelphia, because you have kept my word to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial, which is coming upon the whole world to test those who live upon the earth. So consistently through the New Testament, the church is being instructed to look to Jesus who's coming to get us, to rescue us, deliver us from wrath that God will be pouring out upon the Christ-rejecting world. So we're going to see a rapture happen, a removal, a catching away of the church. And then after that, we're going to see the Antichrist is being revealed. First, uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about that, that before he is revealed, we'll see these things happen, the apostasy and, and, and even the removal of the church, and then he will be revealed. In fact, saints, the church probably will not see who the Antichrist is because we might get an idea as time progresses, but when he is revealed, we probably will already be in heaven with the Lord because that is what we're looking for. We're taught to look for the Lord Jesus to come get us, not to look for the Antichrist. 
And then the next uh, item on our timeline will be the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord we see in two parts. We see the day of the Lord beginning with the tribulation period. It's when Jesus takes the scroll out of his father's hand and begins to unleash his wrath upon the world, which has rejected him. And then we see that he returns and establishes his kingdom. So the day of the Lord speaks prophetically Old and New Testament of the time when the Lord himself begins to reign. Uh, he begins to take us into a new age or a new season of earth where he is ruler uh, and Satan is being pushed out and he's been fully defeated and, 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 uh, and cast down. So that's the outline that we're going to look at today. We're going to spend time in the first one, Israel, and this is going to be several weeks uh, unfolding for us. Um, so now let's turn to the first part of that outline. And now let's turn then to the word of God. Okay, now before we jump into the first point in the outline, I want to kind of look at the header. Notice the header has the church age, um, the current age we live in, which is the church age. And we also call that an age of grace. And the reason is, is because during this age, um, God is allowing man to come to him based on the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross for salvation. The issues concerning the law have been dealt with because Jesus has fulfilled the law. Therefore, we're no longer living under the law, but under the grace of God, because we all come to God and we are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the beauty of the age that we live in. In fact, when we look at the Bible, sometimes, especially the Old Testament, we get a little confused because things concerning the church are kind of vague in the Old Testament. And that's because the Old Testament prophets couldn't see the church for what it is. In fact, the Bible tells us uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul writing, look at it on your screen. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses uh, 3 through 5, he says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation, that means the way God handles his affairs, of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. In other words, Paul was given this grace of God so we Gentiles could understand um, and come to know him. He says in verse 3 that, by the revelation, he made known to me the mystery, as I've briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, notice he said, former ages were not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And what is that mystery? Verse six, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. So the Old Testament prophets could not understand that the Gentiles would come to know Christ and the church would be built through this gospel. One of the reasons we know they missed it is because when Jesus showed up, they didn't realize that he was supposed to suffer first for sin and be resurrected and that he would rule when he came back the second time. We see that when we read the resurrection story. So therefore, the Old Testament prophets missed the coming of Christ to suffer for sin, which is the gospel, and then to come again in latter times to rule and reign. And so they literally missed this body of believers, which is made up of Jew and Gentile, which is the church. 
In fact, Paul goes on to write in Ephesians chapter three, down in verse 10, he says to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose by which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In other words, the Bible is saying that God is displaying his manifold wisdom through his dealings with the church, which was the mystery. Remember, even Peter said that the Old Testament prophets wanted to look into this salvation that we now had, understanding that it was not uh, to their time. You can read that in First Peter um, at the end of chapter one uh, there. So we understand that the church was a mystery and, and so they didn't understand it. But now even us concerning the church, when we begin to look at end times, we can get also a little confused because sometimes things are not clear to us. And if you were living in the in the 20th century, in the first part of the first 40 years of the 20th century, you would have looked at the events that were going on and you would have thought these things look like all of the things that Jesus said would happen. We must be about to go into the tribulation. All the signs seem to be here. And in fact, you would have seen in uh, 1918, the Spanish flu, which took out 50 to 100 million people. And you would have said, man, these are the pestilences. And that was followed by famines as well. These are the pestilences and the famines that Jesus talked about. Um, Jesus talked about wars and rumors of wars. Well, following the Spanish flu was then World War One and World War, War Two, which to us would have looked like the fulfillment of that. And then not only after that, there was an antichrist type figure, Adolf Hitler, who we know was uh, trying to kill the Jews and to literally take over the world. And, uh, you know, and we would have looked at that and we would have said, man, we must be right there at the end. But the thing that was missing, the one thing that was missing then, which distinguishes us from that time, because there's one thing that we have now that we did not see in any previous time of the church, a very critical marker in the road to end times, and that is Israel, the first point on our outline. So as we look at our outline now, we see Israel is that very important marker. In fact, I want you to take time and read Daniel chapter nine, verse 24 through 27. And what you're gonna find there as you read those is you're gonna find five things that has to happen concerning Israel because Israel, if you will, listen, two things. The church, the church's redemption is imminent. There's nothing that has to happen on the prophetic timetable now for the church to be raptured. However, the overarching end time scenario is tied to the things that will happen for Israel. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel is told that 70 weeks are determined to finish everything. And, and there's several things that we see in there of which I'm going to outline. Number one, we see that a, the city of Jerusalem must be rebuilt after the Babylonian in captivity in order for the end time scenario to take place. That has been fulfilled. In 545 BC, Artaxerxes gave the command to go back and rebuild Jerusalem and Nehemiah began to do that. The next thing, and we see that in verse 25 of Daniel chapter 9. But then also in verse 26 of Daniel chapter 9, we understand that the Messiah would have to come to Jerusalem and then be cut off, we see there in Daniel, referring to his crucifixion. Of course, that has been fulfilled. The next thing concerning Israel is that the people 
would then a people would then destroy the city and the sanctuary. It says there in Daniel chapter nine, verse 26 at the end. And we know that that was fulfilled in AD, uh, AD 70 when the Roman Empire sent Titus, the general, into Jerusalem to surround the city and to destroy the city and the sanctuary, which was the temple. And the Jewish people were then scattered through all the nations. Now, there are two more points of that. But in order for those to be fulfilled, Israel would then have to become a nation again. And the scriptures tell us that that would happen. In fact, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38, something else you should read. Um, we see that that there would be this miraculous coming back together of a nation symbolized in the valley of dry bones. God shows Ezekiel a valley of dry bones. And he says, uh, son of man, speaking to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, I don't know. He says, prophesy to the bones. And he prophesied. And, and we know that the bones began to rattle and they came back together. And the Bible says sinews were put on them, which are ligaments and flesh. And they stood up and breath came into them. And God says that these bones represent the whole house of Israel would miraculously come back to life. In Isaiah's prophecy, chapter 66, verse 7 through 8, it says, before she was in labor, she gave birth. Interesting, before she was in labor, she gave birth, a miracle. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child, verse 8, who has heard such a thing. Look at these verses on your screen. Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day or shall a nation be born at once for as soon as Zion was in labor she gave birth a miraculous birth these labor pains even if you will speak toward uh, a uh, the birthing pain that we see the Bible says that the earth shall groan is groaning waiting for the revelation of the sons of God so here's what's happening the Bible is speaking of the, a time when a nation would be born in a day. And ladies and gentlemen, that came to pass in 1940, uh, 47, 48, when Israel became a nation. And the, the, literal, uh, the literal fulfillment of that happened between 47 and 67 when they, in 1967, they took control of the, the, the city of Jerusalem again. And this nation became a nation in a day, literally. And now, according to all of the prophecies of the Old Testament, they have flourished and they are fruitful. And what we're waiting for now is for God to hollow himself in their midst. Now, the next two things we see in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 tells us that a seven-year peace covenant will be confirmed with many. In fact, there would be this prince, we know him as the Antichrist, who would confirm a covenant with many for one week. That is one week, remember, of seven years. And so this Antichrist is going to be able to confirm a covenant he doesn't write a covenant to confirm a covenant means there's probably a covenant already on the table, but nobody will agree to it. And we can see that playing out now. Right now, the Palestinians, all of the Arab states, Iran, all of them, they cannot agree on anything and they cannot have peace. And there is no one who's been able to cause this to happen. But there's a time coming in the near future when a man who we probably won't see the church because we'll be raptured, but that a man will come on the scene and he will confirm a covenant with many for that final one week period, the final 
week of Daniel's 70-week prophecy, or we call it the 70th week of Daniel, a time of Jacob's trouble. And then Daniel says to us in chapter 9, the last part of this is that in the middle of that week, he will break that covenant. So three and a half years into that final week, he will break the covenant. These two things are unfulfilled yet. So the next two things for Israel is for this covenant to be made. There are some wars, Ezekiel 37 and 38, um, uh, Psalm 83, that play in there somewhere. But as far as Israel being the timetable, these are the things that we're waiting to see. So it's crucial that Israel be a nation for us to have an end time scenario. So what I'm saying to you is in the in the 20th century, when we saw pestilences, the, the, the Spanish flu, wars and rumors of wars, World War One and World War Two, an Antichrist type figure, um, which was Adolf Hitler. Even with all of that, it still was not an end time scenario as we know it, because there was no nation of Israel. So in the last 2000 years, since Jesus gave us his prophecies on the Olivet Discourse until now, this is the only time that we could actually see the whole thing play out because we actually have the nation of Israel in place to finish the prophecy of Daniel. And so that is point one on our seven point outline of the end times. When we come back together, the next time we will begin to look at the increasing of the signs of the time that Jesus gave us and see where we actually are in that prophetic timetable. And so until then, that's the biblical perspective.